0: Church, as we come to the close of another year, I'd love to take a moment to highlight a really important spiritual practice uh, that I'm calling The Step Back. And this is important for us in our marriages, in our, our relationships, in our jobs, in our faith, in our missional communities, in our outreach, in all sorts of areas of our life, really in every area of our life, and especially in the area of following Christ as His apprentices. A step back is uh, like when you're working on a a painting or or something very detailed, and then you take the step back and you look at the big picture and say, how is it going? You kind of look look left, look right, you look up, look down, you say, okay, where are we? And now let's step back into the details Uh, for a carpenter who's building something. You're putting in your two by fours, you're hanging the sheetrock, you're doing whatever you're doing, but you have to step back regularly and say, are we on track? What's the progress look like? Uh, Are there unforeseen factors that we need to take into account before we move forward? This step back is something that we need to practice in our faith on a daily basis, definitely on a weekly and monthly basis, and absolutely at least, at the very least, on a yearly basis, and so here we get to the end of a year, and I would just like ask us to take a step back, step back out of the details, the go, 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 the the schooling at home for children, or the the Zoom meetings you have for work, or the the missional outreaches you're doing, or the the prayers that you're praying for your next door neighbors, or for someone who's like, step back from the details for a moment, step back the way God steps outside of time, The Bible says that he's transcendent, he's outside of time, so he sees the full picture all at once, and we can only see where we are at as we go. However, if we step back occasionally, we do have the benefit of hindsight. We can see where we are, and we can see where we've been, and we can see a bigger picture to say, where is God leading us? I, I think this practice of taking a step back is actually where wisdom comes from. Because we can stay so busy doing things all the time that we never stop to reflect, well, what's actually working? Or are we just spinning our wheels trying to get stuff done, but it's not actually achieving any purposes? The step back enables us to say, okay, I'm working really hard every day in, our, in my home, um, but am I accomplishing what I need to in terms of honoring my father and mother? or in terms of stewarding the things that God has given me, or in ter- terms of building relationships with my next-door neighbors, or in terms of uh, building a relationship with my spouse. Um, we can be so focused on the details that we don't step back. And if we never stop back to say, step back to say what's working, what's not, we can't gain wisdom, which is God's clarity. And He sees the big picture. The step back enables us to see a bigger picture. Then, when we're kind of putting our nose to the grindstone and just going. So I'd like to read a couple of verses from the Bible that that teach this practice, this truth of of reserving judgment, of stepping back at some point and saying, how are things, and then gaining God's wisdom and stepping back in to renew. And I hope we'll implement that at the end of the year. I brought this in, uh, which we call our blessings jar in our family and uh, what we intend to do and how we actually use it are two different things. But what we intend to do is all throughout the course of a year, whenever anything happens that's a blessing, we don't want to forget it. And so we take out the paper and pen that are inside, you know, jot down on a piece of paper and throw it in there. God blessed us in this way. Thank you, God. And then at the end of the year, Michelle and I sit down on New Year's Eve and we kind of go through the blessings. But that's what we plan to do. But life gets crazy. And so what ends up happening is there's, you know, a handful, a dozen or so things that we actually do during the year. But then we end up needing to look back at the end of the year, New Year's Eve. We're like, okay, what actually happened? What are all the things we forgot to write down? Look through your calendar. Look through, you know, pictures or just remember this year. Oh, that happened, that happened. God blessed in this way and that way. And so we do look through this every year as our step back to the year to say, how good has God been? Maybe you have a a similar sort of practice to a blessings jar. Uh, we see in Scripture that God instituted these regular step backs for the Jewish people consistently. Uh, he did it on a daily basis in giving prayers to pray. Jesus you know, built upon this praying three times a day type thing by saying, Lord, give us our daily bread. So there's daily step-backs, okay, we can't depend upon ourselves, Father, we depend upon you, provide for us. Think about all the festivals and commemorations in the Jewish calendar, all these things, we're remembering the Exodus, we're remembering the Passover, these are step-backs, look at the big picture, don't get so busy working. That we can't step back and appreciate God and glorify Him, but also make sure, let's reevaluate, are we on track? Are we remembering the important things that guide our progress, or are we getting kind of lost in the weeds? Uh, The Sabbath day, God instituted for His people one day a week where we are to stop working, and that is for rest, but it's also for reflection I hope that our sabbath days are days of reflection and debriefing the previous week reviewing looking back what worked what didn't and then a clean slate a new day you know sunday morning resurrection sunday the empty tomb new life like we, we start every week new and, and I hope you start every day new because carrying baggage from the past will will prevent the the t- today from having the the zeal and from having the joy that it can having the impact And uh, living too much invested in what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen has an equal thing. So we can't live too much in the past or in the the future, but the present, we can get lost in the weeds. And so these regular, systematic, Habits of reflection and meditation, glorifying God, praying for the big picture, but refocusing ourselves are are crucial. And God actually institutes them on a daily basis with prayer, on a weekly basis with Sabbath, through all the the Passover and celebrations in the the current evangelical church. We clearly have Christmas as a way to step back and remember incarnation. We have Easter to step back and remember salvation and uh, resurrection. And and there's many events within the liturgical calendar depending on uh, how structured To liturgical, your church is which ones they practice and observe, Uh, but these are good for us. Remembrance is good for us. Um, Stepping back is important, it's an important spiritual practice. So, I have a few scriptures that I'd like to read and then challenge you to step back here at the end of the year and say, All right, Father, uh, is my work, my job, my career. Uh, heading in a direction? Is it building something for you? Is my, my music that I'm making glorifying and building something for you? Is the, the art that I make building something for you? Are the tests that I'm taking in school and the papers that i Are they building something for you? What are we doing here? Why are we doing it? we're not alone when we ask those questions because if you would read from John 12:16 this is actually right after the triumphal entry you see that Jesus' own disciples were like in go mode all the time with him and until he died and rose again they didn't even have the ability to step back and gain perspective they did not know where things were going until they got to a certain point and then could look back at everything that came behind and have the benefit of hindsight. You know, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He doesn't need hindsight. He sees the future, he sees it all. God doesn't need this. We need this. Humans need reflection. Humans need, review, and debrief, and a step back. And so the disciples needed it as well. And eventually they got it. And everything then made sense as to what God had done. We look back over this past year. Can we see things that make sense that God is building? See things that make sense that God is doing? A lot of stuff doesn't make sense this year. But I hope we can see in God's plan there are things that are just providential they're purely God and they're beautiful and they're growing and they're building and if we want to gain wisdom we have to actually stop and and learn from what has happened so John 12 16 after um the palm branches and the hosannas and the triumphal entry John twelve sixteen says at first his disciples did not understand all this Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. It was only after it all came to pass. You know, the job is finished. His mission is accomplished on earth. Redemption and salvation has been completed and offered to all who will receive it. Then they look back like, oh. But every day they were just with him. Okay, what's for today, Jesus? What are we doing? What's what's the word now? And that's how we live and walk by the Spirit. But having these seasonal and, and cyclical habits of stepping back and reflecting is crucial so that we can learn along the way. Uh, if you think of the Jesus, the stories of Jesus when he was young, not just the Christmas story, where Mary's treasuring up all these things in her heart that were said about him, that's her process of like collecting the thoughts. What is this going to mean? What is this going to mean? But it also occurs in the same way when Jesus was young. Remember, he's in the temple. His parents go back for uh, the festival in Jerusalem, and then they leave, and they can't find him, and he goes back. Listen to the phrasing uh, that the Gospel of Luke, chapter two. Gives us. Um, We can start in verse 44, thinking that Jesus was in their company. They traveled for a day away from Jerusalem. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. Verse 45. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem for look to look for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard Jesus as a young boy, maybe a 12 year old young boy heard him, was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. You know, After three, four days, they must have been just overjoyed and just, we found him. Look at him here. Um, verse 48, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And he said, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to to Nazareth with them, and was obedient to them, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men so mary doesn 't know even though she has angels predicting things and wise men and shepherds showing up, and Jesus growing miraculously within her and then giving birth, like she doesn 't know what it all means; she just sees. What she sees day by day, she's living by faith. She's walking by faith. And and then seeing God do these things, she can't understand the big picture. But God knew the big picture. So she was just faithful. She just treasured it up all in her heart. Are we treasuring up the things in our heart that God is doing and waiting for one day for Him to kind of lay it out more? I, I think we wish, rather, that He would give us the big picture so we could understand it all, so we could say, oh, I get it. This is why I'm supposed to do this. Now I can be faithful in these little things because I know they're part of something much bigger. Jesus and the Father, they don't always work that way. They usually say, be faithful in this little thing, and then as you walk, you will see it unfold before you. Don't take control of the big picture. Trust God with the big picture. Take control of your daily attitudes and habits and actions and deeds and thoughts and prayers. And so uh, Mary did, and the disciples did. They treasured Jesus. He was the treasure. You know, the bridegroom was with them, and they celebrated, and they saw it all. But then later on, they got to look back and say, oh, God is good. God is good. There's one other scripture I think that bears uh, reading. It's from Matthew 25. And it kind of speaks to this fact that we don't know in the moment what it all means. We just know what we're called to do. And so joyful, simple, faithful, holy living will amount to a beautiful project at the end of a life that will be able to step back and say, thank you, God. Wow, what a beautiful thing you did. But it's not ours to know it all. It's ours just to be obedient and to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. That's it. But as we do that, something much richer is being built. And this is actually what Jesus will evaluate when he sits as judge over all people. You know, we die and we we sit before the judge and Jesus will say, "Uh, you I knew, uh, you I didn't know. Well, how does he determine that? Well, it's based upon the fruit in our lives. Were we God's children? Were we not? But the interesting thing about how Jesus describes this courtroom scene, this judgment day, is that the people, both for better or for worse, were not aware of all the ways that they either honored or dishonored God. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to please God now, and I did this good thing. No, they just lived, and their hearts bore fruit. And they lived, and in this case, bore negative and evil fruit. In this case, righteous fruit. Their hearts just kind of grew. Their lives grew. They were in in the day-to-day doing. And at the end, with the big review over their whole life, the big step back with Jesus standing next to us, They didn't even realize all the ways that God used them. But that didn't matter because they weren't trying to know what only God can know. They were just trying to love the way God called them to love. And so both categories of people in the judgment just say, we don't even know when this happened. It's not ours to know. It's just ours to serve and ours to love. It's God's to know. Uh, But when we step back, we can just try to make sure that we're staying on course and that we haven't uh, lost the forest for the trees. So Matthew 25, Jesus says, starting in verse 31, "...when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. Now all the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd." separates sheep from goats and he'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left and then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world for i was hungry jesus says and you gave me something to eat i was thirsty and you gave me something to drink i was a stranger and you invited me in i needed clothes and you clothed me I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothes you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Then the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. The smallest thing you did for the smallest person in the smallest moment, you were doing that for me. I saw it. You didn't see me there. You thought you were just doing a simple thing, but look at the fruit that your life bore. That's evidence of you being saved, of you being a child of God. Come and receive your inheritance. But then he will say to those who are on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes, and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison, you did not look after me. And they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and didn't help you? And he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is Jesus speaking and he's saying there is a judgment day and there is heaven and there is hell. And if people are just trying to like do the right thing when they think it's for God, that's not what he's looking for. He's looking for people with the right heart that no matter the situation, how lofty or how inconsequential that they're just living for the Lord. And those who are like, well, we didn't mean to offend you. He's like, yeah, but you never really lived for me in every small moment of your life. Maybe you went to church on Christmas and Easter, and maybe you did some good deeds, but you were doing it with an eye to like, oh, I got to do this thing. It wasn't just your nature. Come and be my disciple. Apprentice with me. Follow me. Make this your nature so that every person that you see, you imagine that's you serving Jesus as you love them. And take times to step back so that it isn't just judgment day when Jesus gives us the final verdict where we can evaluate and say, am I loving and helping and serving in these ways? Because I want to be that sort of person because I'm following Jesus and he's that sort of person. And he calls me by, by, by judgment to be that sort of a person. Maybe some who are in this category, if they would take the time to step back on a daily basis, pray in the morning, uh, Father, show me where I can show your love. Not my will, but yours be done. Maybe that would be a reorienting for them on a daily basis. Maybe if all of us took our Sabbath day not just as a day to worship, and not just as a day to rest, but as a day to reevaluate what did the week before hold? Was it a a failure or a loss? If so, okay. Chalk it up as a failure or a loss. But we're not going to stay there. And we're not going to let shame or guilt keep us there or drag us down. We are going to recommit. And we're going to say, the sun's rising on a Sunday. The first day of the week. It's resurrection day. We are going to be born again into this new week. Jesus, lead the way. We want to follow. There's always new hope. There's always restoration. And there's always renewal, new life. This is God's territory. This is Jesus' business. It's the business he is in and where his apprentice is. That's what we do. That's what only he can do and what he chooses to do through us. So at the end of this year, I just call you to step back Uh, to create a series of habits of regular stepping back. You can't build a beautiful house if you never step back. You can't create a beautiful uh, manicured garden without occasionally stepping back and saying, are things balanced? Do I have balance in my life? Is there time for God, time for rest, time for work, time for just enjoyment and pleasure? Is there time for family? Is there time for relationships? Is there time for serving and giving and donating money? Is there a time for saving and for waiting? Uh, Do we have balance Usually us people, we're pendulum swings. We we go all the way one way, all the way the other. We're doing everything and we're doing nothing. We're serving God all the time and then we're burnt out afterwards. Or we're trying to rest up so much that we end up just being lazy and we're not doing anything for the Lord actively. Let's just find the balance. Let's follow the Spirit into what He's calling us to do. Let's reflect upon the missional vision that He's giving our church. What does that look like for the next year? We don't need God to give us a whole vision for the whole year what He's going to do. Who cares what He wants to do? We just want to be there when He does it. I don't want to miss it, but I know I won't miss it. I know we won't miss it if we're just faithfully following Him. And that faithfulness and obedience will come by regularly recommitting ourselves, by regularly evaluating, and if we're off track, just being honest about it, okay, we got to just drop some stuff here. we got a little bit sidetracked. Let's refocus. Give us your word, Father. Give us your will so we can stay on your path. And then we'll see what you're going to do. And maybe at the end of the next year, look back and be wonderfully amazed at what God built and what he saw fit to help involve us in what he was doing. So may God bless you as you take a few moments now to step back and reflect upon this year, upon where things are at. And may he give you a sense of hope. May the Holy Spirit give you hope and joy and um, excitement, knowing that the sky is the limit with God. He doesn't have to play by the rules. Uh, He is a God of the impossible. And so may you, you pray forward into a new year Uh, Not with a bunch of expectations of what you need to see done and a bunch of resolutions, but just simply intent, desire, pursuit, zeal, and eagerness to just be involved in whatever it is that God is going to do with you and through you and in you this year. May God bless you this upcoming year, and may we be a blessing to the world in his name. God bless you, church. Happy New Year.